Apple and Google are two of the biggest players in technology and have fundamentally different ways of seeing where the internet is going. And whoever wins out in this big conflict may have a huge impact on how we experience the web. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. To break this down is CNET senior reporter and resident giant brain, Stephen Shanklin. Welcome, Shank. Hi, hi. So Google and Apple have been rivals on really many different levels for, for many years. What does this new battlefront look like? Well, this is basically a, a disagreement or a difference of opinion about where the web should go and what the right balance is between web apps that run on the web and native apps that plug into all the programming interfaces you'll see on an iPhone or on Windows or on Android. So it's web versus native. And uh, talk a little bit about their respective positions and what's really informing why they're taking the positions they are. Well, Google was born on the web and it is a huge fan of the web and its Chrome browser dominates usage of the web. So as you might expect, it's really a big fan of the web and improving what the web can do, make it as interactive as possible, make it uh, as easy as possible to build advanced web apps that can do a lot of different things. Basically web apps that are as powerful as native apps. Apple, on the other hand, it's you know obviously hugely successful with its iPhone. And one of the reasons that's been successful is all the native apps that run on the iPhone. And of course, Apple gets a lot of money, not just from selling iPhones, but also from taking its cut of uh, the fees that developers have to pay when somebody buys something through Apple's app store. So Apple is not, it doesn't dislike the web, but it has a bigger affinity for native apps than Google does. Yeah. And so I, I use apps, obviously, on my phone and, and I browse the internet. To, like, Why should I care about this dispute? Well, really what this boils down to is sort of a difference of philosophy are you more of a fan of an open computing platform like the web, or are you more a fan of native apps? So the openness has a lot of advantages. If you decide to dump your Windows laptop and move to an iPad, then that's going to be easier if the web is really at the center of your experience. If you're somebody who uses a lot of native apps, uh, you might like those on your iPhone, but that might make it hard to switch to Android because you're kind of locked into the Apple uh, iPhone apps. Uh, on the other hand, native apps often are a lot more responsive, a lot more powerful. So uh, they often offer a, a better user experience. So it's kind of a, a difference of philosophy, what's more important to you. Each side certainly has its advantages and disadvantages. And yeah, one, one way Google's trying to address this with their web apps is, is something called progressive web apps, which, which I guess are more fully featured. But talk a little bit about that. Like what, what do they look like? And when would we actually see some of these progressive web apps pop up? They are here today. Google helped coin the term, and it's aggressively pushing a bunch of technology that makes progressive web apps better, PWAs. You'll see that a lot in uh, tech circles. So yes, as you said, it's basically more of a packaged web app. So right now, you typically use your browser, you open up, open up a website, you do what you need to do on the website. If you're using a progressive web app, you might get a little prompt that says, hey, do you want to save this to your home screen? Do you want to save this to your start menu? And then you can save that as an app that you can then launch later without having to go through the browser. There are a lot of different features in progressive web apps that make them work faster, make them work offline. And generally improve the experience compared to a native app. So these are gradually uh, increasing in power and utility. There are a lot of companies like Uber and Twitter and Starbucks that, have, that like them and have had pretty good success with them. 
So they're definitely uh, increasing in importance, I guess you can say. It's basically the latest phase in improving the web. The web used to be this foundation for static documents studded with hyperlinks, and it got gradually more and more interactive. Progressive web apps are the latest vanguard of that interactivity. Right. So you set up these two sides pretty nicely. What, which side has more support backing? It depends on who you're asking about. So web developers love power, they love features, and they love Chrome. So the web developers, no question, they really like the Google way of, of thinking. And a lot of them don't like Apple's speed of, of improving its Safari browser. One of the big issues is that on iPhones and on iPads, Safari is obviously not just the default browser, but also even if you're using Chrome under the hood, it's Apple's Safari technology. So Apple really controls what's go, what goes on on an iPhone or an iPad. So the web developers really bristle about that. If you're talking about the average user, I don't really think most people know the difference mostly at this stage. If you're in developing markets, places that don't have uh, as many powerful devices, that don't have very fast networks, often the web has a lot more of an advantage. Sometimes web apps can be much smaller and faster and easier to use than a native app where you have to go through an app store, download a big, heavy app. Yeah. In terms of uh, who's likely to win, is there any kind of indication or still, still too early? I don't think either side is going to vanquish the other. I think the web is pretty healthy and is going to continue to be so. I think native apps are not going to die. Even, for example, Twitter is a fan. But if you load the Twitter mobile app in some places, it'll say, hey, have you tried our Twitter native app? So it's not, it's not really clear that one side or the other is going to actually prevail. What the big question is, is which way it's going to tilt in the future. And that's kind of uncertain. What it looks to me at this stage is that the web developers and some people who actually use the web like these advanced features. And there's pressure on Apple to improve the features it builds into Safari. Safari's team is growing. Apple has been adding some of these features, if not always as fast as Google would like. And also, there are a lot of allies that Google has, like Intel and Microsoft, which is a very big, powerful uh, ally that are that's pushing this web direction. So I think the web will steadily get more powerful, but native apps are certainly not going away. I'm curious, I mean, the way you describe it with between apps and browsers, I think for a lot of folks, you know, I tend to use more apps on my phone. Like you said, the experience is a little bit more fully fleshed out. Likewise, uh, when I'm on my computer, I tend to use my browser a lot more rather than apps, unless there's a really specific program. Like, is it just, is it a matter of, it being a phone versus the desktop experience? Or how does that play into the argument? Yeah, there's definitely a difference between what happens on your laptop and what happens on your phone. Browsing on your phone, even though Apple actually helped pioneer mobile browsers with the first iPhone way back in 2007, it still is not as good as a native app, generally speaking. So that initial disadvantage, I think, really has persisted. A lot of people were trained to look for apps in the app store and not go to mobile websites that were broken or didn't work well or were limited or just said, like, for example, if you go to the Yelp website, it says, install the Yelp app. So, you know, there are a lot of disincentives to the, using the mobile web. Google is trying to reduce those, but there's still a huge gap than when you compare it to a laptop where a lot of people can just live in a web browser. Maybe they need Photoshop or Microsoft Word or some other uh, you know, video or photo editor running on their laptop. 
but mostly the web is how a lot of us can get work done on the laptop. That dynamic, I think it's changing. I think the web is getting more powerful on phones, but it's not clear to me that it's getting so much more powerful that it's really going to be the primary way we interact on our phones. I think, especially for the apps that you use a lot, one, two, 10, 20 times a day, those are probably going to be native apps for most people. All right, I'm just trying to get a sense for our listeners what what this actually means if one side wins. Like, what what is Apple's vision of the future look like versus Google's vision of the future? Well, I think the way it shakes out, it's not so much that one side or the other is going to win; it's that it's going to tilt one way or the other. And I think in the Apple view, with more of a priority on native apps, we spend more time in walled gardens, silos. I'm not sure what the right term is exactly, but basically more time on one company's platform where it's harder to switch out of that email service and that music streaming service and that collection of apps. In the web vision, it's a bit more open, loosey-goosey. You might have to do more vetting uh, yourself. Is this service worth my money? Is this email service safe to use? So there's less hand-holding, but it's more open. So it's kind of a different... uh, One is... is arguably easier on the customer. But if you do want to make changes or control your destiny, then it gets a bit harder. Uh, so, Shank, this is the first in a series looking at this issue. What do you? What else do you have on tap this week? Uh, we're also going to be looking at some of the security implications of web apps. The more power you give to the web, the more the attack surface gets bigger, the more ways there are for uh, hackers to attack your browser and your entire phone and laptop. And then we're going to be looking specifically at Twitter, which has a pretty interesting story about why it made the choices it did with its own web app. So it's sort of a a look at how it sees the world. Obviously, Twitter is a pretty important uh, application right now. It has both a native app and a web app. So we thought there'd be an interesting uh, example to look into their decision. Great. Thanks, Shank, for joining me. If you have any questions about this looming war, drop us a line at The Daily Charge on Twitter. You can check out all of Stephen's coverage on CNET.com. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.